Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. There's so much going on, not just in the Twin Cities, but all over the great state of Minnesota. And we are thrilled to be able to offer to you some of the best. Tonight, we're going to start out with Leslie Vincent. Who is she? She is a jazz vocalist and songwriter. Uh, she releases her sophomore album entitled About Last Night, and that's coming up. Mixing the lyrical sensitivity of Madeline Perot with the powerhouse vocals of Amy Winehouse. She puts together a collection of songs that chart the course of a night from the playful sensuality of dressing up and going out to the highs of of falling in love, followed by late night regrets and in, ending with the beginning of a, new, a brand new day to start all over again. I love the whole idea of starting all over again. Welcome to CCO, Leslie Vincent. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. You've got a big deal coming up soon on the outdoor stage um, at Crooners called the Belvedere. That's right. Uh, Saturday night. Okay, now this is this is happening. The release is happening on August 25th of the album, right? Um, and you're going to go for the ads. All of it is clean music, August 4th. So it, this is happening July 22nd. It is is almost upon us. 7.30 p.m. at Crooners. Tell us what the show will be like. The show is going to be a culmination of the album. Uh, we're going to play through the whole thing and introduce it to the whole audience. We've really been holding these tunes close to our hearts, so it'll be the first time that the band is performing them uh, for folks to hear. And then some of the old favorites from my debut album and some new things that we have in the works. You know, you you started out in musical theater, um, but you also made your mark as an innovative interpreter of the Great American Songbook. Oh, my gosh, so many people sing the Great American Songbook. But you've even done a little twist because you brought on your own originals as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, I just um, I wanted to contribute to to the music of the world. And so I wrote uh, two songs on the album, two very different styles and very different uh, stories. One about um, partying with a friend and that experience, and one really marinating in the winter time and trying to find joy in in that dark season. Yeah, that's what I'm always searching for is joy. <laughs> so tell me, when you talk about the dark season, um, psychedelics with you is that the song that we played um, to open this uh, interview? If you were listening, um, and I'm yeah. just curious to know why is it called that? Psychedelics with you, although I think that's awfully sexy. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's it's really about 
doing psychedelics with a friend and uh, that experience um, more in my imagination than in reality. But um, just that that love of um, doing something vulnerable with someone that you love. Someone that you love. And the thing is, um, no matter if we're artists or not, if we sing or if we write or whatever it is that we do, the bottom line is that we deserve to have love. Everyone deserves to have love. I truly do believe that. And um, when you put together your band and you come up with these um, original songs and then you look at the other songs that you have fallen in love with, um, what Mm. is your process? When you finish a concert, what do you do? to rebuild yourself. You know, some of us lose so much energy through a concert, right? At the end of the concert, you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So where do you go to fill up? So in right after a concert, I always try to take a moment for myself before I go out. And then um, I really fill up with other people's music. So when I'm not, you know, when I'm done a big concert, like starting next week, I will put on my own uh, collection of vinyl and listen to artists that I love or I'll go see live performance. Being an audience member, I love just as much as making music. And so I just fill up through other people's art. And I like to think that hopefully I give them that gift back that they get to fill up um, when I'm performing live music. And it's sort of a symbiotic relationship. Well, you are a prolific uh, songwriter is what they call you and a jazz vocalist. Um, Of course, when you are rehearsing and writing and moving forward, it's got to be hard sometimes when you want to go and visit and hear other people and hear what other people are doing. How do you make sure that you stay focused on what you need to do first and foremost? Because that's a big challenge for a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. Um, I live by my calendar, so I try to schedule things out. And I think about what my priorities are and just put it in the calendar. If it's there, then it will happen. Even if it's something as simple as take 20 minutes and and work on a song today. If I put that in at 2 p.m., 2 p.m., I'm ready to go. I just like to give myself that expectation that it's on the calendar. My phone dings. I see it. And it just helps me stay on track. Yeah, that's what we all have to do is stay focused. It's not easy for artists to stay focused. We've got so much going on in all of our brain and, all, you know, every part of us. So mm-hmm. I can imagine what that is like for you as well. Okay, so here it is. Now you have you are a, an accomplished band leader. Uh, comedy is really important to your work. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I like you mentioned earlier, I came up in musical theater, and I do uh, some sketch comedy on the side as um, almost a hobby. And so I... I really like to make people laugh at my shows um, because mm-hmm. I feel like it can give a sense of ease. And sometimes people, you know, when they come to a place like Crooners, it feels very fancy and it, and it is. Um, but I want, I want to give some of that like relaxation. And so either whether I'm telling a funny story to set up a song or um, even just saying a silly, like a, just a silly line that comes to my head, I find that being really authentic and, um, in a way, you know, I take the music very seriously, but I try not to take myself too seriously. And then I think having that ease just gives us like a chance to relax and enjoy the joy of the music, right? As opposed to being really stiff and um, kind of living in that um, fancy, you know, place. It's just like, take a breath, laugh with me, come on this journey with me, Um and that's just how I like to approach everything that I do on stage. 
Yeah, I understand that. You've recorded with a lot of bands. Uh, there's Viewers Like You. I love that title for a band. Um, <laughs> and you've uh, performed alongside Twin Cities legends, including Jeremy Messersmith. Love him. Will marry him in my next life. Uh, yeah. Joanne Parker. Yeah, seriously, right? So Joanne <laughs> Parker, love her. Patty Peterson. And now um, you're getting ready to release this new album. Is there anything you look back on with the songs on the album entitled About Last Night that you wish you had gone through? further with? Is there a song you wish you had gone further with? Or is there a song that happened after the whole thing was mixed and, and made? Um, did you look back and say, I should have done that one song that I wrote? <laughs> or I should have had this vocalist on with me? Oh, my gosh. I mean, of course, there's so many things, you know, you go through the process. And I recently did a show. And one of my friends came up and I had I had sung a song from the My Fair Lady score. And she said, oh, I can't wait to hear that song on the album. And I had to tell her that it, it wasn't on the album. And she couldn't believe it. And then I couldn't believe it. That <laughs> I've been singing this rendition of, um, I've grown accustomed to her face that I really love. But when I was recording and, and prepping for the recording, it wasn't in my bones yet. And so I hadn't thought of it. And so I just try to think about what have I learned from this process that I can bring to the next process. And so right. I'm already kind of starting to chart out, like, what have I not explored? I'd love to write more originals. And so what does that look like in this world? Um, just trying to figure out my own voice and where I fit in and what I have to say. Yeah, and we all have to pay. Isn't that amazing? As artists, we still have to pay. And it's not just, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about our heart, our strength, uh, our mm-hmm. gifts. We have to pay with our gifts, Right. And some people still don't get enough of it. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I need you to do this and I need you to do that. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just this is my last question for you. So when you are still growing and writing and putting music out there in the world, do you stop and say, maybe that's not the album I should have released yet? Or do you say, nope, once I'm done with it, I am done. And poof, it goes out into the people. I say once it's done, it's done. And poof, it goes out to the people because. You know, to me, an album is just a snapshot. It's just a moment in time where where I was as an artist. And, you know, I recorded a lot of the album back in January, February, and I've already grown and changed so much since then. But I can't go back and wish that in the past. So I like to say, um, you know, it's like in theater, you rehearse and you rehearse and you open the show and that's the show you've made. You know, you can't go back and put on a new costume or audition for another part and so I really try to separate um the end of the process and now it's not mine anymore on Saturday I'll release it to the world and people will do what what they want and that's it so right that's that's exactly what should happen I want to mention again that your big event is coming up Saturday July 22nd at 7 30 p.m at crooners the Belvedere tent is beautiful there's heat there's air conditioning beautiful Uh, it's outdoors of course uh crooners is at 6161 highway 65 northeast in Minneapolis Leslie Vincent the name of the album is about last night you don't want to miss it this is happening July 22nd at 7 30. What a pleasure, Leslie. I hope you join me again sometime. I always will. I love chatting with you. <laughs> me, I love you too. <laughs> take care. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right, everyone. We're going to take a break and come back with our next guest pretty quickly. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back, everyone. This is Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We hope that you will stay and listen and go and see some of these fabulous shows as well. Um, I am excited to talk to you about Theater Moo. Love them. They are amazing. If you've never seen a piece of theirs, please go. Um, Theater Moo is producing or produces the world premiere of the Kung Fu Zombie Saga. And, of course, Shaman Warrior and Cannibals. Um, the... I want to make sure the playwright, I want to say his name correctly, is Sai Mukda, I'm sorry, her name, Sai Mukda Dewon Pusai Vonsai. Did I say that correctly? Uh, almost. <laughs> almost! Oh, I tried, I tried. Thank you so you much did. for joining yeah. us. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. You know, tell us all about this and why it is so important. Oh my gosh. First of all, I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm very honored that I'm on your show. I feel like amazing right now. I just want to get, I just want to let you know that. (laughs) Thank you. But yeah, but we can talk about my little play. Sure. Um, Your little play, nothing theater Mew does is little. No, no. That's true. It is. You're right. This is a huge saga. It's, it's uh, the Kung Fu Zombies saga, Shaman Warrior and Cannibals. Uh, it's essentially two plays, two whole plays, um, but they take place in the same universe. And it, you know, they follow, they both, the, the stories both follow strong women who have to find their purpose. And um, they realize that a lot of the power are from, it's from within and they have just forgotten along the way. And they fight wow. zombies that know Kung Fu. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you guys do. You know, it, make us, yes. it makes us stop and say, okay, tell me more. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about Theater Move. When this piece uh, started coming to be, did you sit down and go, oh, my gosh, this is going to be amazing? Or did you say to yourself, yeah. we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but it's going to be fun? Both of those things. Yes, and um, I knew that I wanted to tell a story, that the history that – isn't often told in American theater and isn't often taught in like, you know, our, our curriculum in American curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I also know that sometimes people tend to not want to learn about history or maybe not feel that history could be accessible if it, if it doesn't come with like, I don't know, like a pop culture twist or something. And yeah. so I knew that if I brought in zombies and I brought in like hip hop and if I brought in all the other parts of myself that I love, like horror and sci-fi, um, that I could get people interested in wanting to have these hard conversations about, you know, war, the impact of war and um, what does it mean to lose loved ones and what does it mean to have to like deal with the consequences of your actions. Um, right. Yeah. So a, a lot of big questions I had. I can imagine. Here's the thing about war. No matter what, yeah. we still have to talk about it because it's happening. Until it is right. absolutely done and over with, we ought to be talking about it. And people still yeah. seem uncomfortable with that. Is that why you laugh so much? Is that why you make people comfortable <laughs> easy, easily? Because you say war and people go, no, no, don't want to touch that. Yeah, it feels like an unsafe place to go, right? Like it feels um, like such a huge uh issue to talk about but right. i think if you allow people to you know if you give people um, an access point like here's some comedy and here's some some lao humor or here's some some zombies that know kung fu and they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> make people feel less i guess um less of the barriers the barriers come down and then people want to yeah. they want to laugh and if you can make them laugh you know you can make them cry and I also also say that if you if you can scare them, then you could like help you know further instill some some power, um, so that they could be less afraid to deal with some of life's big issues. And that's exactly what theater is supposed to do. It is supposed yeah. to enlighten us, wake us up, right, uh, and help yeah, us move absolutely. forward. Has that been a difficult a difficult challenge for you? And even theater move, has it been a difficult challenge to make sure that you are challenging others to speak on things that most people don't want to talk about? Um, I can speak for myself for sure as um, a theater maker and as a, a writer. I, I feel, how do I say this without sounding like I'm super important? You are super important, dear. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> okay. All right. Imposter syndrome gone. There you um, go. There you go. Uh, I think that I, I definitely feel that I am a creative documentarian, and one of my responsibilities on this in this world is to um, jot down what is happening now, what has happened then, and try to reimagine or imagine what could happen. 40 years from now, 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like that's all I can really do and figure out ways, figure out ways to draw people in so that we could experience something together and have conversations because everything is a springboard to have a conversation. Um, it's like giving them little, you know, like, like Hansel and Gretel candy. What's it called? Like the, the breadcrumbs. Oh, I don't the remember. Witch, without the witch. Yeah, without the witch at the end. <laughs> I'm not trying to say I'm the witch that eats them. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. To information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I understand. Um, the thing that, that I'm I'm curious about as well is that it's being directed by artistic director Lily Tung Crystal. I hope I pronounced yeah. that correctly. And play uh, the play examines the effects of colonialism and the secret war in La- in Laos by bringing yeah. the audience to Laos during a zombie ap- apocalypse. I, you try to say that all in one sentence, and I'm, my eyes bulge, right? <laughs> my mouth is wide open, and I'm like, wow, how do you place that in this piece? Well, I mean, just imagine having to live it, right? Yeah, right, um, right. right. <laughs> With the zombies and all that. No, um, I knew that this was a part of my family's legacy um, that, I, that I wanted to share, because there's so many people in my generation and even before, who um, have a hard time getting all of the information, getting all of the puzzle pieces. And I feel like I'm doing my community um, some justice if I'm able to bring this more to the surface. Um, and it's, I'm so it's grateful hard, that you're doing work. that. Mm-hmm, it oh, is. thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. It's not yeah. just hard work. It's heart's work. Is it? It's it your is heart work. It is. Yes. And um, I, I wish you well on this. Now, let's talk a little thank bit about you. Kung Fu zombies versus okay. cannibals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell us about that. Oh, this, is, this was uh, a play that was written in 2011 and 2012. And Theater Move first produced it in 2013. And yeah. at that time, I was a first-time playwright. Um, so they really took a risk by producing me and um this was a play that was uh, talking about the bombings that happened in laos during the vietnam war um mm. and you know one of the facts is that laos is the most bombed country in history per capita and i think that's like a wild fact that most people can't wrap their heads around um mm. but it was it was a reason why so many people have had to leave so much of their life was disrupted because of these bombings, right? Lives were lost. And some of those bombs haven't detonated. Um, about 80 million tons of those bombs uh, have remained underground in Laos, in the farmlands and in the hills, um, and continue to, you know, detonate and kill people to this day. And so those bombs, to me, they're sort of like zombies and they reanimate um, and maim and kill people decades you know, after being buried. So there's that fun, fun metaphor. And then um, the cannibals to me sort of represent the way that Laotians cannibalize ourselves and each other in the name of greed and war and um, power. And so, and I love Kung Fu, so that had to be in there. Yeah, you had to be in there. I saw that. I was like, yes, that'll draw him in as well. You guys do great work. You really do. And to know that you are, you you care, you truly, truly care about where you're from, your heritage, your history, all of it. You care. Don't ever stop caring. Don't ever stop caring Thank you. because thank it you changes the world. And thank you for staying with us tonight. I'm going to try your name again. It's been okay. a pleasure being on with you. Yeah. Sai Mukta Dewan Pusa Vonsai. Uh, 80%. But I ah! love it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. Take care of yourself. I look forward to you coming okay. on again. Yeah. Thank you All right, so stay we'll safe. See you at the show. Okay. All right, I will see you at the show. <laughs> Bye. And by the way, this starts on July 20th and it goes all the way to August 13th. 
August 13th. And it is yes, located yeah. at the Luminary. Come on, help Art me out. Center in Minneapolis. Yes. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful Thank on First you. Avenue. So, yeah, you guys got to get there. Please do. You take care yes. of yourself, all right? And I will see you soon. Yes, ma'am. Okay, bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Ticket information, of course, if you are pay-as-you-are uh, pricing, ask those who routinely pay $45 for ticket for theater tickets to pay that amount. It's the market value, but if an audience member needs to pay less, they can choose to do so as low as $10. So for ticket and more information, just call 651-789-1012. And again, it opens up on July 22nd. If you want more information about Theater Moo, just go to theatermoo.org. That is spelled T-H-E-A-T-E-M, I'm sorry, T-H-E-A-T-E-R-M-U.org. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with Rohan Preston. We'll be back in a moment. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Center Stage, all things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know all about it. And one person that helps us know about it is Rohan Preston. He's the lead theater critic over at the Star Tribune, and he is joining us now. How are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you. How are you? You always sound happy. How do you do that? Well, it's it's not that I'm happy. I'm always happy. I'm happy a lot. I try to be. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, I'm energized uh, to talk about things I love and things that I'm passionate about. And so that's what you're hearing, my energy and my passion. You know? That's one thing about theater, um, it, or one one thing about being on stage and doing a play, is that you feel it. These people are delivering all uh, it just every piece of that moment in the in the show, or or maybe they are standing or sitting or on their knees, and they will take that pain because they know it has to be. It's the thing that like pushes it, uh, propels it out there, and I am always incredibly amazed by that. The work that you do, as well as all of the actors and all of the directors, and we could go on and on and on, we know that they work hard for it. My biggest challenge and my biggest fear, Rohan, is -hmm. that all of a sudden, I don't know why this happens to me, but it feels as though theater will be gone. And I have cried tears over that nightmare. What would we do without theater? We, you know, but here's the thing, right? It, people have thought that for 2,500 years. They have thought that because it, it's, a, it's a, a form that requires people to be sitting together and to, uh, to come together and, like, enjoy something and share something. And it, it's not you can't do it in a mass produced way. And it's, you know, it's, it, each production takes all this effort and time. And you gather these people, uh, these artists together in a, in a room and you create something 
and it's ephemeral. The experience is ephemeral. You can't bottle it. You can't put it on film and then play it back. You know, one of my favorite things uh, to go when I go to see a show at the Children's Theater with young people, they always say, okay, can we play it again? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they love it. They're like, can we just like press, can we play it again? It's like, that's not how this works. So, so I understand your fear. I always have that uh, fear as well. But I think part of that has to do with, you know, economics and, and, and uh, business models and stuff like that. But the need that theater serves and the need, in fact, that religion serves as well is, you know, trying to give us a sense of meaning, something higher than ourselves. Um, um, putting things together. I mean, I, I interviewed the playwright Jeffrey Hatcher, and he is ah, um, yes. the, the playwright for uh, the book writer um, for um, Glen Sheen, uh, which is um, playing at, at History Theater in a revival, the seventh uh, version, a seventh time they, they show it playing History Theater, by the way. And um, he said, I asked him that question about, like, you know, what is the why do a show like this and what's the purpose as it were? And he said that a show theater, this particular show, but theater in general helps us to organize our thoughts and give, give a, a sense of meaning to stuff that may be messy and mixed up and undefined. And so a show like Lynchine, uh people have a sense of all the, uh, of the horror that happened there. They have a sense of, uh, this rich lady, they have a sense, uh, some vague memory. They, all of that stuff gets crystallized in a show like that. And I think that's a broader statement about theater and the arts in general. They help us to sort through uh, some of the mess, sort through some of the miasma, the Ill, ill-formed or um, or just like mixed up things. And, and it's not that it has to be neat, per se, but it helps us to understand and comprehend our larger world, you know? The last time I saw theater was at the Guthrie Theater in the, um, um, oh my goodness, what was the name? Oh, Murder on the Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express, yes. Yeah, exactly. So when I had a chance to see that, you know, I'm sitting there looking at it. I've heard many things about it. I've read about it, and I knew what to expect. Uh, and and then I I realized we are talking about murder, even though it was so hilarious and so fun, and absolutely, yeah, I mean I just yes. loved it. Uh, but at the same time, you sit in your car for a moment and you start thinking about that. I laughed about a murder, even though it was just a piece of theatrics that were mm-hmm. exceptional. I still had to go home and really think about that. That I watched a show that was all about murder. Yeah, you know, and then mm-hmm. even though it's theater, I wonder how other people look at it. How have you ever looked through that tunnel? Have you ever looked from oh, that perspective? Absolutely. In fact, I had the same experience with that you're talking about, which is, um, and I some of what I, I addressed some of that in the review because part of this thing is like it it, it is about a murder um, or a series of murders, um, but it's also um, about what's ridiculous. So. These people are not, they're, they're not necessarily cartoons per se, but they're, they are so removed um, that 
uh, and that it may puts it in the realm of the fantastical or the um, um, basically we're not walking out of the theater thinking, okay, you know, what is the crime rate of a particular city? And is that, is that something we're going to be laughing about? No, this is, this is like, you know, uh, some Eastern European uh, figures. This is uh, an Agatha Christie creation. And these are ridiculous people. And, um, (laughs) and and they are, you know, and, and, and so that puts it at a remove, but I had the same question and same uh, concern that you're talking about, which is like, oh, you know, we're laughing at this. I mean, the show Assassins is about that as well and in, in, in a bigger scale, and it can be very funny. But it's like uh, what, what you're talking about, what you've suggested, is that the art helps us in a way to uh, deal with the, um, not, not, deal with the very grave in a ridiculous way that sometimes that helps us to process it, you know? Right, right. And that's important, by the way. You know, just for me to, in, in order for me to go to sleep, I need to be secure in knowing what I have poured into myself that evening. Right. So wherever right. you are, you're pouring something in. It could be good or bad, but you better be aware of it, right? Now, let me ask you about this. You've written some great articles. And there was one... Um, that talks about Minneapolis play asks if a Greek God can save right. us from eco apocalypse and, and in hurricane Diane um, at center uh, for performing arts, Dionysus takes on human form to rescue earth. Tell me more. Well, um, she comes back as a, 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 a permaculture lesbian gardener and is seducing all these newsworthy <laughs> housewives to to help her and to give up some of the cookie cutter stuff that they have to to help her essentially reclaim the earth because the earth is i mean as you know i mean we've had like heat waves like crazy and and then air quality because of the forest fires in canada and all of this stuff so there's an earth crisis afoot and this is a play that was written uh, several years ago, but it's it, it's it's taking on new urgency, and obviously it's a ridiculous um, premise in a way, but it's one that also gets us to look at where we are and like you know like how do we um, make sense of of the kind of craziness that we're in, as it were, with the environment. You know, um, you know, people are in in in. The, I read a lot about Florida. And the insurance rates have gone haywire there because of right. people are pulling out and, yes, you right. know, it's exposure to hurricanes and they're more severe and 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 all of this. And the consequences are very, very severe. So this play, is, you know, is like you really believe that climate change is not it's like is not a, in a crisis that we're having right now. Um, and and, you know, this play takes that premise and. And 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 um, comes up with a comic, ridiculous solution, you know. Yeah, and that helps. I understand that, but at the same time, this is real, and people are waking up saying, 
Okay, so climate change is for real. This is really happening. Um, what's frustrating to me is that we've lost so much time. And um, the plays that we put on the stages, and you know all about them, um, it tells us in little pieces sometimes and other times in big, gigantic bites, it tells us, hey, stay tuned. A bunch of stuff is about to happen, you know? Uh, and Absolutely. I almost feel like I almost feel like people are not listening. People are not watching. It's like, oh, that group over there, they'll take care of it. You know, those are the people who love the earth and they'll take care of it. And they walk away. I don't get it. So even if you put it in front of us as a play, right, it doesn't always sink in to what is about to happen or what has already happened. Uh, and I just wonder, how do you control your own emotions when you watch all of this happen on a stage and in the audience? Well, you know, I mean, so what I do is I try okay. to imagine my uh, my audience, my readership, and, and really try to um, shape, do, do what the plays are doing, which is to give a story and say, hey, this is what this is about. This is where we are. Um, and this is the, how it's done, how, how, you know, this is the quality of the work. But um, I, I really try to stay a little bit removed because I'm seeing a lot. Um, and and oh, the better way to put it is I immerse myself for short periods of time. So think of it as like I dunking myself in a deep, in a deep, deep, deep thing of water and and I, after I get out of that and I'm, you know, like, okay, that was good. This is what the experience is about. Then I go and dunk myself deeply in another pool <laughs> because, I'm, <laughs> because I'm doing, doing uh, several like this coming weekend, I'll be going to Shane at the Guthrie and uh, Godspell at Bloomington Civic. Uh, I'm sorry. Artistry at Bloomington. I, I keep wanting to use old names, right? And, right. And, and um, you know, and those are, and then uh, the Carafest is is a little in between uh, thing that's on the riverfront up north that I'll be going to up in North Minneapolis. That I'll be going to as well. And but that's thing. the thing with you, though. You just keep going. You never stop. I, I wish we I had do. more time. You know, we tried doing this for an hour. We need to do that again. One we day. Just to. one day. Okay. I love yeah. you. You know that. I love your family. Love Tell you everyone too. hello. But, and I will you, join us soon. Okay? <laughs> I will. I will. And thank you for your wonderful, wonderful work, too. And thank and you. Joy, all the joy that you bring as well. So thank, thank you, Rohan. That is Rohan Preston, lead theater critic over at the Star Tribune. Check him out. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, I love you. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.
engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.